0: Great things are in store for you as you tune into the Recalibrate Your Life at 50 radio show with Janice McMillian. You'll hear powerful, life-changing, heart-healthy messages for the post-50 woman or man designed to re-energize your efforts to possess what's yours in this stage of life. It's that time again to Recalibrate Your Life at 50 with Janice McMillian, your host. I have fuel that will help you turn from where you are to where you want to be if happy and contentment is not your current state. That's what this show is all about. I encourage, motivate, and push you to consider other options. I do that to help you to go in another direction or to reboot if your life is not its optimum self or if it's not producing the type of fruit that you've you've envisioned. For your life. And you know, we all have that picture of what our life should look like. And there's so much more for me to say about recalibrating. So if you want to hear more about expanding into new territories, I would encourage you to like me on Facebook at Release Your Life Coach and visit my coaching site at www.janicemcmillan.com for, in, for more information. So, you know, I ask this question every week, and today is no different. And the reason why I ask this question is because sometimes we just need to meditate on things more than one time in order for it to become um, solidified in us. You know, and the question is, are you in your appointed place? And if you find that you're not, I want you to start really thinking about this question and begin moving into position. Now, you know I have three – three ways to help you determine if you are in your AP. So let's start. Number one, you know who you are. That means you refuse to settle for anything lower than what you've been ordained to have. Now, when you think about kings and queens, you don't see them begging, and you don't see them settling for anything outside of what they know is already theirs, okay? The kingdom is theirs. Now, know who you are through God's eyes. And when you do that, you can live your life from here on with that same kind of authority and that same kind of uh, 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 dominion power, you know, because kings and queens have dominion power. So know who you are. Don't live underneath that. Number two is you no longer live in a carnal state of mind. You know, it's really time for us to stop thinking like the world thinks. And you know how the world thinks? With envy, strife, jealousy, hatred. My goodness, the atmosphere is just filled with that. And there's just so much of that going around. And I would say let's not adopt those ways because we are to walk with strength and not like mere men or women. The Bible talks about mere men and women. And you don't want to be a mere man or woman. So let's lay down the carnal state of mind. Number three is you know that there is power in praying, believing, and receiving. And I call it the PBR formula. Now, if you feel it, it doesn't work like that. It's knowing that you are in the appointed place. Because it requires that you cast that prayer out there, you believe that it's been done, and then you receive it. That's a powerful place to be in, you know, where you have just cast that thing out there and by faith you are believing that, you know, whatever you prayed, you already got it. You already received it. And you're not looking at timelines. You're not looking at any of that. You just know that you got it. And these things I want to encourage you with so that you can recalibrate into your new space. So today I want to talk to you about emotional cleansing, and I believe that we all need to do this you know emotional cleansing is as as every bit as important as physical detoxification and if you've ever done a physical physical detoxification, you know what the process is right it's to eliminate and a very important factor in the detox process requires that you you do it so that um, whatever has been built up over a period of time, you know you can release it. That that's the key. And most often, an emotional cleanse will do the same exact thing. It'll free your mind and body in ways that you just cannot imagine, and it allows your emotional body to reset itself by helping you to let go of the toxic load and stress that we pick up along the way. And we do pick up things along the way, especially if you're out and about every single day. Because by the time you get home, you need to spend time just relaxing and releasing all of that negative energy you've experienced throughout the day. And that's why I'm so grateful to work from home. You know, I spent many years in the workplace, and all I could do at the end of the day was sit on my couch after I got home for at least two hours and get myself together emotionally. I mean, I was drained. And, and it's no different from dealing with family, friends, and associates who just kind of racked your nerves. You know what I'm saying? It's all an emotional drain. And I felt this message was important because the season that we're living in, you can't help but to feel overwhelmed each and every day. You know, you can't even turn on the news without it going from zero to ten with bad news. And that's draining on your soul and spirit. You know, and I honestly, I can't stand it. And that's why I limit my news intake. I don't want to be saddled down with negativity and stupidity every single day. No, Janice doesn't want to hear that every single day. And that's the reason why I said, well, I'm going to do this message on emotional cleansing. You know, because the need for um, emotional cleansing and healing is a whole lot more difficult because no one really can see your baggage. You know what I'm saying? And I want to put this in terms that most, most of us can understand. We walk around jacked up on the inside, but we look good on the outside. I don't know about you, but that was my story for a long period of time. And, you know, still a little bit. Okay, I'm not saying that I'm 100%. You know, I'm keeping it 100, okay, you know, but we do. You know, you know what I'm saying, and I believe it's a mask that we have perfected that hides who we really are. Now, can I get an amen? Hello? Is anybody there? And the biggest day that we hide is on Sundays when we go to church. So many of us dress the outer man to the nine. We look shinier than a penny, but we hate our family. We hate our children. We hate our husband or wife or some other type of emotional dysfunction. And you know I'm telling the truth, and this is so damaging So getting down to the root of things is important. It brings issues to the light so that they can no longer fester and grow on the inside. And I believe in our community, the African-American community, there is so much trauma that we've dealt with, just alone the psychological trauma from slavery. You know, we can just start right there. I believe not only are there emotional and generational scars from our past, but we still continue to experience the deep-seated hurt, frustrations, lies, and bitterness that resulted from that dysfunctional period in time. Now, now I can go on, but the bottom line is, as a race of people, we carry hurt. And it's not good for our physical or mental well-being. Can you see why emotional cleansing is necessary? I believe beyond the immediate personal benefits, emotional cleansing can also prevent the onset of disease, as there are scientific links between chronic emotional stress and the major diseases of today. And we know what they are because they're in our community. Heart disease, hypertension, cancer, diabetes, high cholesterol, overweight, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, okay? Therefore, we must take charge of our emotional health. Even the Bible tells us about emotional emotional cleansing. You know, in Matthew 11, verse 28 through 29, Jesus tells us all those who are heavy laden And these are people who are carrying emotional and mental baggage to come unto him, and he will give them rest. So rest, freedom from emotional trauma, is available. We don't have to carry the weight of the world any longer, and surely that weight can be quite heavy. You know what I'm saying? You know, I'm often very amused at how many people on Facebook each and every day carry the weight of the world. <laughs> I don't do it. You know, they post images and stories about heartbreaking, catastrophic, horrific situations that they personally can't do anything about. And they read these stories, and they're them for all of the world to read. I'm really baffled by that. <laughs> Why not share good news? What is on the inside of you that wants to share horrific information? Why open your mind, your soul, your spirit up to devastating situations that you just can't control? What can you even do about these occurrences? Absolutely nothing. Unequivocally nothing. Now, I'm not. Being unsympathetic, I just don't understand the logic in carrying a whole lot of weight that you can't do anything about. And the most I can do is pray, but there's something about bad news that people put out there, and you read it. You take it in, and then you carry it with you, and that's just not good. So today with this message, I'm going to shine a light and help you to put a stop to this Debilitating, um, the debilitating emotions that may lead to your and maybe even my early demise. I mean, I'm not speaking that over myself. I, 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 I will have a long life. <laughs> but I want you to remember that it's not over. We have more ground to cover as post, um, pre-post-50 people. And so we want to put a stop to the things that short-circuit our life expectancy. Okay, So if you just tuned in today, you're listening to the Recalibrate Your Life at 50 radio show with Janice McMillan, and I'm talking today about emotional cleansing. So I want to say this. Unless you consciously and deliberately engage in the emotional cleansing process, you are leaving your future health to chance. The same with your physical health. Your emotional health is equally important. So, what I'm going to do now is talk a little bit about different emotions that can trigger long standing outcomes in your body. Personally, you can recognize them and you'll be ready to just kind of like, you know, say, oh my gosh, that's me, that's me, that's me. So, are you ready? So, let's do this. There are three reasons. For emotional cleansing. One is it's an important aspect of internal healing. Secondly, it reduces the stress in your body and it has the potential to prevent diseases. And then thirdly, it frees our mind and body. You know, we always have to be mindful of the fact that we are three part being spirit, soul, and we live in a body. And I want to concentrate in this message on our soul, the aspects of our human nature because the soul expresses our individuality. It constitutes the inner life of a person, and it comprises the intellect, which is our mind and our personality, our emotions, which proceed from our inner senses or, or feelings, and our will, our volition. But our soul can carry emotional scars received from our past. And so many of us are repressed, suppressed, and have unexpressed unexpect- une- emotions. And it, can I hear an amen right there? That affect our emotional and spiritual well-being. And these emotions can lead to a variety of physical symptoms and can create distorted views of how we see the world. And this is why emotional cleansing is vital to our overall health. And one thing that I, I always say, I, well, not always, but I, but I do say to God, Every now and then, Lord, help me not to be frustrated. I don't want to be frustrated in my relationship with you. Now, if I'm saying that to God, you know that that can be relevant with people. You know, and the reason why I say that with God is, you know, God is somebody that we cannot see. You know, that's if you believe in God. He is the um, the unseen God. And I say that because you know, oftentimes it's important that when we are engaging, we want to engage with people that we can see. So it's, a, it's on a whole new other level when you're engaging with someone that you can't see. So I, I share that to say that there is frustration. And just as I said, we can be repressed, suppressed, and have unexpressed emotions and frustrations on the inside of us, and it's not good. So let me share a fact with you. When you are happy and balanced, did you know your immune system is strong and you will have a natural defense mechanism against diseases? So happy is healthy. <laughs> happy eradicates diseases. Yeah, that's powerful. And happy boasts a higher vibration in your body. And who wants to be happy? I do. You want to be happy with me? I mean, I, that's my desire to be happy. And I can honestly say that when I'm happy and have joy, my body is more relaxed and open.
1: I'm creative,
0: and I feel that I'm operating on a whole nother level, whereas when I'm stressed and frustrated, I'm very tense, closed in, and feel worried. And I don't know about you, but there's something to being relaxed and happy. So the purpose of emotional cleansing is calling to mind specific people and events that may have emotionally impacted you and taking certain actions to cleanse yourself of those negative feelings and emotions. So let me help you here. I want to trigger some things that, you know, may have you in an emotional imbalance, okay? You need to forgive your baby daddy. Your neighbor that borrowed sugar 10 years ago and never brought back the cup. Your supervisor who has passed you over for promotion at every opportunity. Your teenage son who accidentally impregnated that girl down the street. You know, these are all emotional triggers. They may have left you simmering on the inside. But I want to say it's okay. We all have things that have been left to simmer. And I have something for you in this message. So here's the recipe for an, for an emotional cleanse. The first thing that we need to do is identify the problem and realize the need for inner healing. Let me say that again. We've got to identify the problem. And then we need to realize that we need inner healing. And I want to share a common list of symptoms to look for in the event you feel I'm in your neighborhood. So I want you to open your ears, and I want you to receive. And if this is you, you know, I would even encourage you to get a pen and a piece of paper, and if I come to your street, just write down, oh, my God, that's me, that's me. You know, so I'm going to go as slowly as I can, but I want you to hear what I'm saying. So the first thing that you might need to identify, the first problem that you might need to identify, you know, it, it, um If It centers around your need for emotional cleansing. This might be something. Inner rawness. And there's often a sense of inner rawness and hurt that doesn't seem to go away. And we know what that is, right? So that's number one, inner rawness. Number two is irritability. It's easy to become irritable with other people, even if they aren't doing anything wrong. Do you feel that way sometimes? You know, you're just kind of like over there cringing. You don't know why you're cringing. <laughs> Number three, little or no tolerance. There is a low tolerance issue with others where you expect and demand from them. Okay? Number four, Feelings always rising up, and you have feelings of anger, hate, resentment, etc, and they just seem to rise up within you at the slightest offense from others. I think that's a place where we are right now in a society. Moving on. Number five: Overly sensitive about an event in your past. you know? If there are events in your past which cause you to become very sensitive or angry, or even cause you to lash out, then it is likely revealing a deep emotional wound tied in with that event or memory. Number six, hard to forgive. Now, it becomes very difficult, if not impossible, to love and therefore forgive others. And it can also be hard to forgive and love yourself. It can even be hard to forgive and love God, even though he has done nothing wrong against you, and that's being hard to forgive. You feel that way? Number seven, hard to feel love. It is hard to clearly see and realize the love of others and God in your life. You may be surrounded by people who love you, but it can be difficult to fully feel and receive that love. There seems to be a wall up that blocks the flow of love into your life, and it could be very evident in relationships. Number eight, lashing out. When there's an inner wound that has festered, it becomes easy to lash out or have sudden outbursts of anger, hate, resentment. And you may find it easy to lash out at people who love you and have done you no harm number nine feelings of anger towards god you know when a person has been wounded it becomes easy to blame god for their troubles and hardships they may have started off loving god and serving god but something happened along the way and this is the last thing that you want to do when seeking to be healed because it virtually puts a wall in your mind that can block the healing power of, of the Holy Spirit to operate in your life. And although he desires to heal your womb, he will not override your free will. And if you vote hate in your heart against God, it can block his efforts to heal your wounds. Number 10, self-hate. Many times when a person is hurt from past abuse, they will begin to think that perhaps what happened to them was deserved because of something they did or the way they were. This is not true. Abuse is never acceptable. Even if a child was being out of order, it's not acceptable. Parental love disciplines and corrects, but never abuses. And I'm gonna stop right here because I believe that I want to give you an opportunity to just think about what I've mentioned thus far. There are ten things that I've said that may lead that may be a factor to your emotional healing or emotional um, bondage, which is inner rawness, irritability, little or no tolerance, feelings always rising up overly sensitive about an event in your past, hard to forgive, hard to feel love, lashing out, and feelings of anger towards God. So if you've just tuned in, today I'm talking about emotional cleansing. And we're going to take our first break, and then we'll be back with this very important message, emotional cleansing, on the Recalibrate Your Life at 50 radio show. With Janice McMillan. I'll be right back. Thank you for listening. I'm Janice McMillan, and today I'm talking about emotional cleansing. And before the break, I left off with number 10 of some symptoms that may lead to emotional bondage where you might need emotional cleansing from. Number 11 is self-hate. Many times when a person is hurt from past abuse, they will begin to think that perhaps what happened to them was deserved because of something they did or the way that they were, and this is not true. Abuse is never acceptable. Even if a child was being out of order, it's not acceptable. Parental love disciplines and corrects never abuses and I stated that before the break and I'm repeating that again because I do believe that self-hate is something that we all suffer with number eleven escapism as a result of inner turmoil it is easy to desire to escape or suppress reality this can be in the form of overeating, drinking, smoking, porn use, spending, spending binges, etc. So when a person indulges in escapism, addictions can form and open the door to spirits of addiction, which makes the addictions virtually impossible to break. Number 11 retaliation urges because of built up hate and anger as a result of unforgiveness somebody who has a festering inner wound will find it easy to retaliate or snap back at those who offend them or step on their toes is that you number 12 Irresponsible behavior. Inner pain has a way of consuming a person's mind, and eventually this can take on a careless approach to life. It is hard to feel good about yourself if you have an inner wound, and if you don't feel good about yourself, it will begin to show in your lifestyle. Number 13. A person who has an emotional wound may also be a performance-driven person. Perhaps they feel like no matter what they did, they could never please a parent or authority figure. And later on in life, that rejection wound causes a person to be a performer to the point where they are never satisfied and burned out by their efforts. Number 14. Feelings of hopelessness. I believe this is also a common result of unresolved inner wounds. Since the love of God is blocked in your life, it becomes hard to see why he would love or care for you. And therefore, you become an easy target for feelings of hopelessness. Number 14, drivenness. When you suffer from an emotional wound, it can create a sense of void in your life's meaning, thus driving you to find meaning and purpose and happiness. And this could be in the form of college degrees, careers, financial success, etc. So instead of appreciating the person who God has made you, you find yourself chasing what you think will bring true happiness in person, purpose to your life. So you know what you do? You get, you know, you get your bachelor's, you get your master's, you get your Ph.D., you get your E.H.D., you get your uh, just all these degrees. I mean, just degree after degree after degree. You stay in school forever. You stay in school forever. And you think that because you're in school, like that, that's adding to your worth, but it doesn't. It's drivenness. I want to ask you some questions that may trigger your thoughts about emotional wounds. You know, often it helps when someone can help you peek into your past to figure out what is really wrong. And I believe if you're going to receive healing for an emotional wound, you need to first be honest with yourself about what has happened. So are you ready for the questions? And I really want you to think about them honestly, okay, because these are questions that are going to really help you to, Think about, okay, am I suffering from any emotional wounds? And this is in addition to the 14 things that I just mentioned to you. So who is it that you hate or blame? Be honest with yourself. Is there somebody in your past that you are holding something against? Be specific and go back as far as you can. If you can figure out when this wound began, And who is responsible is the first step to receiving healing for that wound. Another question is, what do they do to you? I want you to make a list of everything that was done to you, which you still hold against them in your heart. What things can't you seem to easily forget? And I'm not referring to a list of people whom you haven't forgiven, but rather a list of people or events where you just cannot seem to release it from your heart. Now, don't try to cover up their mistakes and say that it was all right. If they did you wrong, then admit it. Being honest about what was done to you is critically important. Another question is, what things have you done that you deeply regret. I want you to make a list of things that you still to this day regret doing. And if you have any, have any feelings of self-hate, self-unforgiveness, then you need to be honest and figure out why you hate yourself. Now, I'm going to say this. I don't particularly hate myself in this area, but I do have a regret. And my regret is not having finished college. I came home after about two years. And when I came home, I I also went to school after I came home, but then I started working at the same time, and the money that I was making from my job surpassed the thought about going to school. So I kind of laid going to school to the side. So I never completed my education, my college education. And there are times when I feel that, you know, I should have. I should have pursued that to the highest degree, but I didn't. So there are times when I talk to God about that and I say, Lord, you know, I wish I had finished my schooling. You know, but God has a way of bringing all things, you know, he brings that thing right back around. You know, you, you have those full circle moments. So I, I'm using that as an example so that you it can also help you to bring up whatever regret you may have had. Another question is, Is there anything in your past that you feel excessively embarrassed or ashamed of? You know, this is a common cause for self-hate. And if there are things which you still haven't forgiven yourself of, then I want to encourage you to make a list of those things so that you can seriously forgive and release the hate within your heart against yourself. You know, and and I and I'm not going to share this over the over um this broadcast, but you know there there are a couple of things that um I would say that I I bring to God and I say Lord I'm ashamed of this, but and then you know what happens He comes back and says there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus, <laughs> so why are you condemning yourself? You know, as long as I bring it to Him and say Lord this is where I am, you know cover me, you know, then I don't have to carry that. You know, it's, there's no condemnation with you. But it's good to be able to know. It's good to be able to unarchive whatever it is that you might be embarrassed about or ashamed about. So did these questions prompt an internal search in your heart? Can you see how important it is for inner healing? I hope so. So I want to share three keys to inner healing. And this is the place where you make a decision to begin the process of healing. So we talked about just what emotional um, um, bondage is and why we need emotional cleansing. I talked about some things that uh, may kill you as to what the emotional uh, cues are or the emotional things that you might struggle with. And now we're going to talk about inner healing. And I'm not going to talk a lot about them. I only have three keys. But I believe that these are powerful three keys that will help you in your internal um, healing process. So one of the biggest keys to receiving healing for damaged emotions depends on your perception of God and how he feels about you. I'm a Christian. And I believe that God is the source of healing and deliverance and not our problem. He desires to see you healed and restored to wholeness even more than you do. So I would first ask if you've never done this before to open up those wounds and give the pain to Jesus. You know, as long as you hold them in darkness, they will never be fully healed. You know, did you know that God's word tells us to cast our care upon him, for he cares for us? And he does. No matter where you are on the spectrum of belief in God, you don't have to carry something that has already been dealt with by Jesus. He's already dealt with that pain. He's already dealt with that hurt, that rejection, that embarrassment, that shame. You see, he knew that these hurts, these pains, and emotional wounds would occur in your life. You know, it's the journey of life. But he's available to heal our hurt, our scars, and our sorrows. You know, for some time, I had internal hurt and internal sorrow about a family member. You know, my father, I grew up in a two-parent household, and my father was in the household. You know, my parents were both working um, parents, they were good, good people, Love my parents. But my father had wounds. He had scars and hurts from his past. And, of course, we were impacted by them. And I loved him, but I didn't love what he did. And I believe that he didn't love himself either. You know, we were internally and emotionally found by the things that he did. He was an alcoholic. And I didn't like that part of him. And we had a very tense relationship for a number of years. I had a deep-seated frustration, anger, and resentment toward him based on how he treated my mom and our family. And one part of me hated him while the other part had compassion for him. Can you see the the dichotomy of all of that, <laughs> especially for a young person? And it was years later that God used me to ensure that he accepted Christ before he died. And God had begun the process of melting my heart so that I could be available to minister to my father when he needed it the most. So here are Two more keys to emotional healing and cleansing. You know, I believe that it's available. And the first is developing a thankful attitude. You know, this is a big key to receiving healing for our emotional wounds. Thankfulness leads to trust, and it helps you to overcome rejection issues. How is that? Well, an unthankful heart is prone to unforgiving and being unloving and being resentful and all sorts of hateful feelings against other people. And it's essentially a poison to our emotional health and our ability to receive the healing that God wants to bring to our wounds and our hurts. And people who are unforgiving and judgmental towards others have forgotten what God has done for them. And we are experiencing a lot of unforgiving and a lot of judgmental people out here nowadays. And I have to say, I sometimes have to challenge myself with, you know, why are you being judgmental? Why are you thinking about that? You know, why are you looking at this person and feeling like, oh, you're better than them? You know, and not that I feel like I'm better than them, but why are you being critical about them? You know, anybody who truly is thankful for how God has treated them Will go about treating others the same way, and as he has treated them, you know. So I have to remind myself about that, you know, when I when I think about certain uh, types of people, you know, and especially now what's going on, you know. There's a lot of hatred out here nowadays, and and it's sometimes. It's easy to get pulled into that stream of hate, especially if you're on social media and people are showing you pictures of people being hanged back in the 1920s and 30s and, or people being discriminated against. It's really, really easy to get pulled into that stream. And that's why I don't entertain that a lot, because I know that it fosters a hatred on the inside for certain people, and I don't want to be like that. I don't want to be like that at all. I don't care what has happened. I am free. I have liberty, and I'm not going to get caught up in a stream that where I'm always looking at people, and I'm hating them. I don't want to be like that. So we have to begin to be thankful for the little things which God has created for us to enjoy, you know, just little things, such as, birds singing in the trees. You know, when I wake up sometimes at 3 in the morning, the birds are out here just singing. they singing, singing, singing. And I'm like, it's 3 in the morning, <laughs> you know. But that's beautiful. Or be thankful about your, your, your pet, your cat, your dog. You know, they were made for us to enjoy. By the way, I love my cat Nashville, and I'm thankful that we found each other. I just want to give a shout-out to Nashville. <laughs> but I'm thankful for that. And it is hard, if not impossible, to be thankful and unforgiving at the same time. You can't be that way. You know, you can't be thankful on one hand and unforgiving at the same time. You know, becoming thankful is a huge key to breakthrough if you struggle with unforgiveness. You know, unforgiveness and thankfulness are closely, I'll say this, unforgiveness and unthankfulness are closely related you know, they're in the same family. They eat together. They shower together. They they do all kinds of things together. You know, they can. Unforgiveness and unthankfulness. That's why you can't be thankful and unforgiving at the same time. You know. And the last key to inner healing is not to meditate or continue to think about what was done to you. Once you give that to the Lord, don't continue to think about how badly you were wrong. You know, when you sit and listen, you know, when you go to those family reunions and you sit and you listen to Aunt Sally or Uncle Herman, you know, and they're talking about things that happened 25 years ago, how somebody done, you know, they they did something crazy. And they're still talking about it. After 25 years, that's not good. That's, that's not good, you know. And you will cause emotional wounds to fester when you choose to continue to think about what was done to you over and over and over again, you know. Don't get me wrong. When We are to face what was done to us head on, honestly, and don't deny what was done to us. But once we give all the pain and hurt to God, then we need to leave it there. And I want to caution even, you know, women. You know, even those that are in their um, pre-post fifty stage. You know, I, I believe that we have walked down a journey, and there are might be some hurts out there, especially with in relationships and with our children's um, father and or those that we have partnered with to build families. You know, there might be a lot of hurt out there. And you might feel that I can't forgive this man. He never took care of my child. He never was around. He never helped me, you know. And you're holding on to something that needs to be released. You're holding on to something that, you know, God is like, I'm your provider. I'm the one that, can, that you should call on. He's never was your provider. And God wants to break you free from those, that attachment of unforgiveness and being um, um, bound to that memory. You know, we we can't continue to think about people who have wronged us. And it's so important when we think about those people who might have wronged us that that we bless them, that we pray for them. And and when we bless them, I'm going to tell you, there is freedom in blessing your enemy. There is freedom in blessing your enemy and saying, Lord, they know not what they've done. I just, I just. I just bless them. I pray that you would help them to, be, um, to walk in their true, the true measure of who they're supposed to be in life. I pray that you would order their steps. I mean, there is freedom in that. There is breakthrough in that when you can pray for your enemy, you know, because it, does, it allows you it not to fester in your heart any longer. You know, so stop blaming the person who wronged you because it wasn't what they did to you or what they are doing that is keeping you in bondage. It is your own reaction to what was done, which holds you in an emotional prison. It is your own anger, your hate, your resentment, and unforgiveness, which will keep you behind those bars. And one of the reasons that we have a hard time forgiving is because we would have nobody else to blame for our problems if we don't blame them. And it is important for us to take responsibility concerning our own failures. Remember, it is not what was done to us that keeps us in bondage. It is our reaction to what was done to us which causes all the emotional bondage and torment. And I think about what's happening today in our society. You know, we think about, and a lot of people call him um, 45, you know, our president. And they talk about the atmosphere that has been um, germinating from him being in office. You know, that's bondage. That's emotional bondage. I have to be free. I have to know that God is for me. And if God is for me, who is against me? i got to believe that. I have to know that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I have to know that there are more with me than there are those that are against me. So I don't care about 45, as a lot of you say. I don't care. I don't care about the atmosphere that has been um Uh, that has risen up as a result of him being in office. I don't care about that because I know that I have more who are for me than against me. I know that I have protection against lawlessness and the things that um, come forth out of lawlessness. I know that. And it's a place of faith that I prefer to rest in. As, a, as opposed to walking around in the emotional bondage and torment about what they have done to us. I, that is a horrible place to be in. <laughs> and I choose not to be there. And the last thing I want to say is if you want to receive mercy in your situation, then you need to be merciful to those who have wronged or hurt you. Jesus tells us in Matthew 5 7, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. So do you want to receive mercy in your situation? Have you been merciful in your heart towards those who have longed or wounded you? Because the very reason that you aren't receiving mercy is because you're not being merciful, because mercy and forgiveness begin in a person's heart. So if that's not where you are, I want to encourage you to develop a merciful heart. I want to encourage you to develop a merciful heart with that person who's wronged you, your coworker, your mother, your father. Even if they have passed on, be merciful. Speak life over that wound. You know, be merciful to your child. Be merciful to your your family, your friends your neighbor, be merciful to the person that cut you off and instead of just honking your horn and putting your finger up and cussing them out, be merciful. You know, I believe that if more people extended mercy in this hour, we would not have so much hatred, we would not have so much emotional pain that exists out here today and and people are suffering with emotional pain because they feel victimized they feel uh the world is doing this to me people are doing this to me i i I, it's heavy so emotional cleansing is so very important that's why i wanted to do this message today because it is so very important to our mental even physical well-being and i pray that you heard something today that encouraged you and helped build you up in your faith, helped to build you up in a place where you have been um, let down, because being let down is also uh, an emotional bondage. So and if you like this message, why you you to go to my website at www.janusmcmillan.com and, and leave a message and let me know if this broadcast today encouraged you i want to hear from you i want to say thank you for listening to the recalibrate your life at 50 radio show all that i do is about helping women or men recalibrate and that involves turning going in a new direction and just seizing new opportunities and if the old you or the old position that you're in doesn't suit you, then renewing your choices in life is very important. And if there's one thing that I've learned about myself in this stage of life is that I'm a continuous work in progress. And as long as I have breath, there's room for me to change for the better. For the better. How about you? That's what this show is all about helping you to see your value as a recalibrated person. And life coaching is a big part of what I do, whether it's through writing books or online courses. And and I'm about to launch something that's going to be so amazing. Stay tuned. But for right now, I want to help you get on track to your highest heart's desire. And my highest heart's desire coaching program is a dynamic program because it meets you right where you are in life. For instance, there are many people out here that want to write a book. You know, well, I have a program that will help you start the process. It's called the Brenda Program. You know, now, Brenda, she's always wanted to write a book, but she don't know where to start. She's journaled for a period of time and has foundational writings to create her book, but she needs coaching to guide her through the book development process. Or how about the Victoria Program? Now, let me tell you about Victoria. She's an unmarried post-50 woman who wants to redesign her life to have more contentment and satisfaction. She needs coaching to craft a second-phase plan that will energize her response to life so she can enjoy this stage without regret. Now, these programs are among five that I've developed. That are specific to how I've had to overcome in my very own life. And they will also help you to overcome. So I want you to go to www.janusmcmillan.com and sign up today for the program that best suits your needs. I would love to coach you in it. I'm ready to help you get recalibrated and onto your highest heart's desire. I'm Janice McMillan host of the Recalibrate Your Life at 50 radio show. Thank you for listening. Until next time, know that it's not over. You were important to the Recalibrate Your Life at 50 show with Janice McMillian. Tune in next week.